Welcome to the Experience Christian Church Message Podcast. We are a church startup based out of Exton, Pennsylvania, committed to giving the community a fresh start with God and with church. Our mission is to help people experience God's love in a practical way. We would love to connect with you. Would you text ECC info to 94000 or go to our website, experiencecc.org for more information and to learn how you can be a part of our community. Enjoy today's message. Good morning. So glad to be here with all of you today as we celebrate Father's Day. We also want to celebrate Juneteenth. Juneteenth is short for June 19th, which marks the day when federal troops arrived in Galveston, Texas in 1865 to take control of the state and to ensure that all enslaved people would be freed. The troops arrived and came two and a half years after the signing of the Emancipation Proclamation. Juneteenth honors the end of slavery in the United States and is considered the longest running African-American holiday. On June the 17th, 2021, it officially became a federal holiday. This year we will celebrate Juneteenth on tomorrow. Amen. Let's take the time to pray before we enter into God's word today. I believe there is a word for us from the Lord. So, Lord, we thank you for this opportunity, Lord, to come before your presence. God, we ask that you would continually, Lord, open up our hearts and our minds so that we can receive what it is that you would say to us by way of your Holy Spirit on this day. God, we ask that you would use this time to mature us in the faith, to encourage us, Lord, that we can move ahead in all that you've asked for us to do. Lord, make us different leaving today than when we have entered the door. We thank you for all that you'll do on this day. It's in the name of Christ that we do pray. Amen. Amen. This morning, I'm going to direct your attention to the Old Testament book of Genesis, chapter number 22. Genesis, chapter number 22. We're going to read the first five verses. For some of you, this story might be very familiar. It is when Abraham and Isaac uh, find themselves in a place where he has to sacrifice Isaac. But God is a provider and provides a ram in the bush for them. Genesis chapter number 22. I would encourage you that even after today, I'm only going to read the first five verses. But I would encourage you to go back and read the entire account in Genesis chapter 22 for your own hearing and allow the Holy Spirit to minister to you. Genesis chapter number 22, starting with verse number one, I'll be reading from the New Living Translation. Sometime later, God tested Abraham's faith. Abraham, God called. Yes, he replied, here am I. Verse 2 says, take your son, your only son, yes, Isaac, whom you love so much, and go to the land of Moriah. Go and sacrifice him as a burnt offering 
on one of the mountains, which I will show you. The next morning, Abraham got up early. He saddled his donkey and took his two servants with him, along with his son Isaac. Then he chopped up wood for a fire for the burnt offering and sent out for the place God had told him about. Verse 4 says, on the third day of their journey, Abraham looked up and saw the place in the distance. Stay here with the donkey, Abraham told the servants. The boy and I will travel a little further. We will worship there, and then we will come right back. Today for a theme, I want to talk about trust the process. Say it with me. Trust the process. Oh, you don't seem confident. Say trust, trust. The, com- the, process. the process. All right, all right. Manhood is a role of great responsibility and significance, shaping the lives of those who are around you, and it can leave a permanent mark in your life on your journey. Genesis chapter 22 provides us with some valuable lessons in the nature of manhood showing us three central characteristics that are worth adopting into our own lives. Mm -hmm. By examining the story of Abraham and his son Isaac, we can learn some important skills about agreement with God, assurance from God, and agility by God, which serves as supports for the model of biblical manhood. Now, this message is not just for men. Anybody who hears these words today can remember that you've got to trust the process. When we read this passage of scripture, we find in verse number two, the Bible says, take your son, your only son, Isaac, whom you love so much, and go to the land of Moriah, go and sacrifice him as a burnt offering, on one of the mountains, which I will show you. The Bible makes it clear that in Genesis chapter 22, that Abraham is being tested by God. And God commands him to sacrifice his one and only beloved son, Isaac. This act of sacrifice demonstrates a fundamental sign of manhood, the willingness to give up something dear for a greater good. Abraham's willingness to obey God's command, despite the heart-wrenching nature of the request, Abraham goes out and he makes his way to do what God had asked him to do. As men, we are called to sacrifice for the well-being and growth of others. You don't receive a trophy, You don't receive an award. You don't get a certificate. There is no recognition. It's mandatory. It's part of being a man. We need to be clear that what God asked us to do is when we get to the place of understanding that sacrifice is something that normally happens as a man, we might as well get used to it. It's the least we can do. It's not the high point of manhood. It's not something that's applauded. It's not something that's recognized, but it's something when you get to the place of maturity, you realize 
that is something that is required for the benefit of those around you. Whether sacrificing your own personal desires, time, or resources, you must represent the spirit of sacrifice and prioritize it as a need for your family. I remember a time that there was a young man who I went to high school with, been out of high school for some years now, and we were having a conversation and I was talking with him and he came up alongside him and he said, uh, Anthony, there's something that I wanna share with you. He said, I've been watching you since high school. He said, and you're still the same person today that you were in high school. He said, I've been watching your example. You've made some good decisions. You've been true to what God has called you to do. And he said, and one day I want to be like you. I just wanted to encourage you to stay on the course. It's a reminder to us that God requires us to sacrifice and there are other people that are watching. You never know who is watching you, but there are people who's watching. And most importantly, God is watching. And God is the one who counts, and so you must take the time to sacrifice. Uh, we, we must be clear that we must be in agreement with God. And sometimes there are some contradictions that happen in our lives, but we still must be obedient to what God calls us to do, regardless of what we think the outcome must be. God says to Abraham, take your son, your only son, yes, Isaac, whom you love so much, Go to the land of Moriah and sacrifice him as a burnt offering on one of the mountains, which I will show you. It's a matter of biblical obedience. Biblical obedience is defined as a submissive compliance to the command of one who is in authority over you. Obedience means it's a requirement to obey God. Just as Jesus obeyed his father and went to the cross and died for our sins, we must also be obedient to God. Submission means that we must be willing to allow our will to be swallowed up by God's will. In other words, God's will has to become more important than our own personal preferences in our own life. We must learn how to submit to God because God's ways are always better than our ways. It's a command from God. It means that the scriptures are the final authority for my faith and my practice. It guides my day-to-day decisions in life. And finally, it is the one who is an authority, who is God himself. He is an authority that's always in total and unequaled control of our lives. It means that we must conform everything that we have to the obedience of what God has already said. It's important to remember that our obedience is just not out of duty. We don't do it just so that we can get a prize. We do it out of love because God first loved us. And because God loves us, we ought to be able to reciprocate that love and love him back for all that he does for us. In fact, the Bible tells us in John 14, 23, Jesus replied, all who love me will do what I say, and my father will love them, and we will come and make our home with each of them. When we have the spirit of obedience, 
the spirit of obedience is more important than the act of obedience. See, 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 we've got to have that understanding and clarity that we love God and that's why we're willing to be obedient to him. We don't just do it so that we can get God to do what we want him to do. We do it because we simply love God. And we serve the Lord in humility, singleness of heart, and with love. Not, not only do we have to, to have that obedience to God, but the Bible says we must have that assurance from God. There are times when God asks us to do things and it's not always clear what his purpose and his plan is because he doesn't always reveal all of those things to us up front. But we must trust him to the place where we understand that what God has asked us to do is for our benefit. We must learn how to trust God and know that in spite of what it looks like, that everything is going to be all right. Sometimes that's the only thing you got to go on, that you know that somehow God is going to take me through this difficult time, that everything is going to be all right. The Bible says the next morning in verse number three, Abraham got up early. He saddled his donkey and took two of his servants with him, along with his son Isaac. Then he chopped the wood for fire for a burnt offering and set out for the place God had told him about. See, we must have confidence in God. We must trust that God has a purpose for commanding him to sacrifice his son, that God would somehow provide an alternate solution. When I read this verse number three, it says very clearly he chopped up the wood for fire and burnt offering and sent out to the place that he told him. He was willing to do it. Now, let's not forget who Isaac is. Isaac is the promised son. Abraham and Sarah had to wait a long time before he arrived on the scene. When they had Isaac, Abraham was 100. Sarah was 90. And now after all that time they have waited, now God is saying to them, I want you to take him and sacrifice him. The one that I love, my heir. Now, Isaac is a young man at this time. And sometimes God has contradictions in our lives so that we can learn how to trust them in spite of what we see. For we walk by faith and not by sight. We walk by trusting God each and every step of the day. For we know the characteristics of God, that God cannot lie, and that God cannot break his promise. And so therefore, we need the assurance of God and understanding that our God has a divine plan that he has already laid out for us. All we got to do is continue to follow it, navigate the challenges and the uncertainties, with confidence that God has it all under his control. By trusting in the process and embracing faith, leaders can provide a sense of security and stability for others, teaching them to rely on God's strength and not their own. So so if you want to learn how to be stable, your stability is dependent upon how much you're going to trust God, knowing that he can work it out. You've been in situations before where you didn't think that you were going to make it, but God brought you through. 
So whatever situation that you find yourself in, just think back to the 537,322 times that God has rescued you before and know that he can rescue you out of whatever situation that you got going on in your life right now. See, see, there are some things that God does not want us to place confidence in. He does not want us to place confidence in the flesh because the flesh will not profit us. We, we must be understand very clearly that God is not a respecter from, of persons, that God has a way of making things work out no matter who you are, no matter what situation you're in, no matter what the difficulty might be, God can bring you through. And so you can't depend upon your own strength to make it. You can't depend upon your own intellect to make it. You can't depend upon your friends and your family to make it. God will place you in a position where the only option you got left is to trust him. And he'll be able to bring you out. That's where our confidence needs to be. It needs to be with God. For God says it's better to trust the Lord than to put confidence in man. It's better to trust the Lord than to put confidence in princes. Psalms 118, 8 and 9. Those who trust in human structures will be disappointed. But those who put their confidence in God will never be ashamed. Romans 10, 11. We must have confidence in our relationship with Christ. He is the one who's making intercession for us right now as we are gathered together. He is the one that we can come to and we can approach the throne of grace with confidence and receive mercy in our time of need, Hebrews 4.16. In fact, when you spend time with Jesus, other people around you will know it. In fact, the apostles were in front of the religious leaders and they displayed an assurance that those religious leaders were amazed by. The Bible says when they saw the courage of Peter and John and realized that they were unschooled, ordinary men, They were astonished as they took note that these men had been with Jesus. It's important to have that solid relationship with God. Well, not only do we have to have that agreement with God, but we've got to have agility. We have to have resilience. We've got to be able to be flexible and be able to bounce back. In verse number four, the Bible says, on the third day of their journey, Abraham looked up and saw the place in the distance. Stay here with the donkey, Abraham told the servants. The boy and I will travel a little further. We will worship there, and then we will come back. That's faith. God told him to sacrifice his son, but when he left his servants, he said, listen, stay here. We're going to go up there and worship, but we're going to come on back. Oh, you got you to hear that today. Amen. God said, listen, I want you to sacrifice your son. But when he got to the place, he said, listen, I know that God's going to make a way somehow. And we're going to go worship. We need y'all to wait for us because we're going to be back. That is the theme of faith. Abraham's unwavering faith in God's guidance and promises laid the foundation for his actions. Faith is a powerful characteristic that fathers must possess and be able to lead by example. By demonstrating faith, fathers inspire their children to believe not only in themselves, but in God who is much greater than they are. 
It is the power of resilience. It's that faith that encourages us to pursue our dreams and to overcome obstacles and to develop a strong moral compass in the face of adversity. When men instill faith, they equip others with a profound sense of purpose and hope, enabling them to face the challenges of life with determination. We must be resilient. We must be flexible. We must adjust to the stressful life changes that happen to us and have the ability to bounce back from hardship. Resilience is a response to life-changing events that allows us to move forward in spite of the loss. Now, showing resilience doesn't mean that we are unaffected or uncaring about the crisis. In other words, when you have resilience, it means that you do feel what's going on. You do hurt. You are surprised. You are taken aback. But in spite of those things, you learn how to move forward with God. Resilience is the human's heart's ability to suffer greatly and to grow from it. When people refuse to give up on themselves and the world, even after misfortune, you realize that you are resilient. Resilient. When we think about the pandemic that we just came through, amen, it helps us to understand that we are resilient. We are able to bounce back. And the Bible has something to say to us about being resilient. The Bible says, forgetting those things that are in the past and looking forward to that which lies ahead, I press on to reach the end of the race and receive the heavenly prize for which God through Christ Jesus is calling us, Philippians 3, 13 and 14. The Bible says in James chapter number one, verse number 12, God blesses those who patiently endure testing and temptation after they receive the crown of life that God has promised to those who love him. In Proverbs 24, 16, the Bible says, though the righteous fall seven times, they rise again but the wicked stumble when calamity calls. We've got to be able to bounce back. Just because something happens that's terrible in your life, you don't write the end of your story. You just finish that chapter and move on to the next chapter of your life. The believer in Jesus Christ is upheld by God's power. The Bible says that we are hard pressed on every side, but not crushed. Perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not abandoned. Struck down, but not destroyed. In other words, as a believer, you got to get used to bouncing back. It's the key to our faith. For when you believe in God, the Lord will make firm your steps. Of the one who delights in him, though he may stumble, he will not fall. For the Lord upholds him with his right hand. What am I saying to you today? No matter where you're at in life, whether you're a father, whether you're sitting here contemplating what the next move in life is, you've got to trust the process. It's a step-by-step process. It's not something that happens all at one time. It's a daily journey with God where he takes you from point A to point B. Manhood requires that males trust the process and embrace agreement with God. Assurance from God and agility by God. 
Just as Abraham's obedience and trusting God and having faith were tested, individuals in life, sometimes there will be some obstacles on your path in life. However, showing these three characteristics will be able to help you to break through to the other side. Man can create an environment of love, security, and guidance for others who stand on these principles. Sacrifice teaches people the value of selflessness and compassion. Trust instills a sense of security and resilience. Faith empowers people to believe in themselves and God's greatness. In conclusion, let me encourage you, encourage everyone to keep the faith, to embrace the roles that God has given to you, to be able to have dedication and be able to pass those essential characteristics on to future generations. You got to be a role model. By doing this, we leave a lasting legacy of strength, wisdom, and love in our hearts but we got to remember to keep the faith. When you keep the faith, it allows others and it helps to shape their own world. Now, maybe today you're at a place in your life where you just feel like giving up. I stopped by to encourage you that you got to keep the faith. Maybe you're facing financial trouble or bankruptcy. Maybe there's a lack of support that you feel as though that you need that you're not getting. Maybe there's a lack of proper training so that you can't get the job that you want. Maybe you don't know the right people or have the right connections. I stopped by to tell you today, you got to keep the faith. You got to keep on moving forward. You got to hang in there a little bit longer. For they that wait on the Lord, they shall renew their strength. You might not be the smartest person in the room, but you've got to keep the faith. You might not have all the tools and the resources, but you've got to keep the faith. You might be rejected by your family and your friends, but you've got to keep the faith. You might be weak and anemic, but you've got to keep the faith. Mistakes happen in life, but you've got to just keep the faith. I know that you're a little bit weary right now, but you've got to keep the faith. You've got to give it all that you got and leave the rest up to God, holding on, knowing that everything is going to be all right. Yeah. See, the reason that I can stand up here and say keep the faith is because I've been walking with God for a long time. And I've watched God bring me through all kinds of situations. Yeah. There was a time when I almost gave up. Yeah. The burden was so heavy. The tears rolling down my face. The day was so dark that I couldn't even see the light of day. But we had a red conversion van. It was a van that we would pack everybody up in. I would take my handicapped son and I would belt him in so that we all could travel together. It was a time and a place of refuge for me. It was a time where I could just ride down the road. We'd jump in the van and we say, all right, let's go to Maryland. Amen. And we'd just start riding. And as I was riding, I could have a conversation with God and I could tell him all about my troubles and tell him all about my problems and tell him all about my insecurities and tell him all about my doubts and my concerns about life. And I would be driving down the highway and God would remind her that sometimes things come not to stay, but they come to pass. Amen. That soon enough, this situation I'm in, it'll be over and that God will bring me through. Well, 36 years later, I'm still keeping the faith. I've lost a lot of things, but I'm keeping the faith. I've lost some family members, but I'm keeping the faith. I've lost some friends, but I'm keeping the faith. 
I've lost my energy, but I'm keeping the faith. I've lost some hair, but I'm keeping the faith. I got to let you know that I'm going to keep on believing and I'm going to keep on trusting. I got to learn how to bow in his presence and God will take care of it. Even when there's no money in the bank, you got to keep on believing. Even when you're confused, you got to keep on believing. Even when you're not sure about the direction God is taking you, you got to keep on believing. God will bring you through. God will keep the past. Keep the faith. If your child gets sent to jail, keep the faith. If you get sick, keep the faith. If you got heart trouble, keep the faith. If you have trouble breathing, keep the faith. It doesn't matter what happens, God will bring you through. Keep the faith. We thank God today for Abraham because he kept the faith. He's an example to all of us that God can bring you through. It doesn't matter what it looks like. It doesn't matter what it feels like. There is no problem that's too big and too hard for God. You got to keep the faith. And when you keep the faith, God will bring you through. It's not time to give up, not time to throw in the towel, not time to turn around and walk the other way. God has brought us too far to turn back now. God has done too much for us to sit back and just relax. You need to thank God for all the blessings that he has given you in this life. You need to thank God for all the situations he has cleared up. You need to thank God for all the distance he has brought you in life. For if it had not been for the Lord who was on my side, then I would not have made it. So while I'm here, I'm going to praise him. While I'm here, I'm going to clap my hands. While I'm here, I'm going to stomp my feet. While I'm here, I'm going to give him some thanks. I'm going to lift my voice toward heaven and thank him for how good he's been. You got to trust the process. Trust the process and God will bring you through. Amen. And amen. Thanks for joining us. We hope something you heard today will draw you closer to God and encourage you to know him better. If you found this message podcast helpful, please subscribe, write a review, and consider sharing it with someone else. If there is anything we can do for you, a question we could talk through with you, a prayer we could say on your behalf, or a need you have, please don't hesitate to let us know. We are better together. Please connect with us soon. Take care.